All right, here we go. Episode 65 of Nothing to Say, the fans podcast. Sam, before we get started, how was your week, dude? I felt like I haven't heard from you, from you in a while. Yeah, it's because you and your girlfriend's been up in Chica partnering it up, huh? Uh, sure. <laughs> Cannot confirm or deny. Cannot confirm or deny. <laughs> I, had, I had a pretty good week. You know what's crazy? This week, we are finally getting to practice for club volleyball. So oh, look at that. That was a lot of fun. How's that um, going to work? Oh, it's it's very strict. Like, we got to wear masks the whole time. We got to, um, we're not playing. We got to, like, socially distance. Um, we got to distance everyone's stuff. We got to clean everything. We got to take temperatures before people come into the gym. It's, it's just, it's definitely a lot more than what's been going on in prior years. But uh, if that means that we get to play, then it's perfect. Yeah, I would imagine. I mean, it was going to be obviously the only context that you and I have for the COVID testing is really sort of what we hear, um, you know, on reports through, you know, sports outlets and none of us, I mean, you and I aren't, really knee deep in any of that jenna is i'm sure she's been exposed to some of the the testing right um i think she she definitely she definitely looks stuff up on her own i don't think it's anything that she's uh learned through like school or um through her time in uh in like a hospital because she stopped working at the hospital when this whole covid thing went down but i think she's definitely um She's definitely very interested in that, those sort of things. Well, I was more talking about her her volleyball season. Right. I mean that. I feel like that's there's a lot of question marks. There's probably more question marks for her season than for my season, which is crazy. Right. So that's what I was. That's what I was trying to insinuate. There was I. I was. I was wondering if one, if they had started doing any conditioning, and two, if if they had, then obviously she would. She would know a lot about the the testing, but now that you're, I think playing... they haven't done um, they haven't done any in person stuff. I think they're supposed to start meeting for just workouts. Like they're not doing any volleyball stuff. I think they're just right. going to meet for workouts. I thought she said it was pretty soon, but um, I could be wrong. They've just been working out through like over Zoom, pretty much. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, hopefully you get to play. I mean, I know how much you love that sport, so. Um, senior year man <laughs> right my uh there was a bunch of people at fitness md the past two weekends who have been up on sundays and playing volleyball um and i had to miss the last two weeks one be- the two weeks ago because i had drill and then this week because i was up in chico um so i've been wanting to to go out there and play because um i we actually honestly in a in some of our free time during drill like when we just have down uh, down days and we're not doing much, uh, we'll play volleyball, um, and it's it's a lot of fun. So, um, but as wait, Sam, wait, what? What uh, do you play like like the last time I saw you play, which was like complete ass? Or I mean, I I I feel like you're selling me a little short. No, no, I'm. It's pretty accurate. No, I don't think so. I was just playing against people who had played their entire life. So that's from... not true. No, 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 no. It was. One of my teammates and his cousin who never played, and then you let me down. That's all I that did. simply happened. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I uh, I feel like I can hold my own a little bit now. So. Okay. So I really do. I really do. 
Um, but whatever. Um, anyway, yeah, like Sam said, I was up in Chico this weekend. Uh, my girlfriend and I rented an Airbnb because she's thinking about going up to Chico. So we visited the area and looked around at the school, and, and she really liked it. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, she she had visited <clears throat> Humboldt a couple weeks ago and didn't really like the area that much because, um, like she thought she was going to, I, the reason she told me uh, was because it was too, it was too secluded. Actually, um, it was such a small town. I think it was Arcata um, up there in Humboldt. It's so small, um, and the town is so small. It's just it was too small for her in that sense. Even though she loves uh, the woods and she loves the mountains, she loves hiking. Um, so that was her number one initially before visiting everywhere. But then. After going there and then coming back down to Chico, um, Chico's now jumped to her number one. And she's more of – she. I mean, she likes – she wanted to get a sense of the area um, because the area, I think, at least to me, is more important. And I believe – than the school itself because um, the school itself has the degree that she wants and the two degrees that she wants. And they have good programs for those degrees. So – figured everything would be all good there but you're going to be spending you know a lot of your time outside of campus excuse me so the area around is just as important um and uh, my cousin uh jade she actually goes to butte and she's going to be going to chico so we met up with her and she kind of showed us yeah so she showed us kind of around the area were you allowed Um, to go on campus and like walk around or yeah she was able to we were able to walk around um and uh and it was it was a it was a cool campus. It really was. Um, it was it was <laughs> every building was made out of brick, <laughs> um, right. which was very striking to me. But I actually I liked that look. It was mm-hmm. it gave it a it gave it a cool look. And the brick didn't look super old um, either, um, even though I believe it's kind of an old campus. Um, but it was cool. I I really liked it, and I really liked it, and so did she. Um, and that's the most important thing. That's the most important thing. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I got a question for you as a, as a, as a, from one boyfriend to another. Right. Um, do you fart in front of Jenna? Oh, um, I mean, I, I probably do, but I don't make it public. Yeah, you don't make it, but have you ever had one that just like got away from you? So I'm going to, I'm going to live with here, here, Jason. I don't have like loud Poops. If you uh, poops, uh, farts. <laughs> if you ask um, Jenna, she just smells them, and she's like, "Oh my god, you farted!" And I'm like, "What? I don't, I don't think so. I I disagree." <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So the age old question: Do you fart in front of your girlfriend? I like Bree and I will burp in front of each other, right? Um, like that. That's no biggie, and um, and we don't like mind if the other one uh, farts in front of the other. I try not to, but every the, once the in romance a... is gone, man. When that's yeah. happening, I know, it's but just like, a signal. <laughs> but every every once in a while, one just kind of one just kind of sneaks up and ekes out your butt crack, you know? Yeah. Um, well, we were standing on the campus and we were just we were looking at something, and I don't know. I was standing there next door, and I had said something nice that she thought was sweet, and um, and in that same exact moment, I had a sneak attack <laughs> oh <laughs> i had a sneak attack and it just it wasn't loud or anything it was very it was silent 
And then she sort of like gives me a hug and then sort of steps away. And then she turns around and she looks at me. And she's like, did you just fart? <laughs> I, was, I was like, um, yeah. Way to ruin the moment. I was like, I didn't mean to. She was like, that was rank. I was like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, outside. I, we were outside. <laughs> and she could still smell, like, it didn't even. Well, move she was standing. Well, she was standing right next to me. We were shoulder to shoulder. Um, so, was, but, uh, the first time that Jenna visited Oregon, we were walking around Oregon's campus and clearly heard her, her fart. And I was, and I was like, uh, what was that? Like, this is, I think, I don't, I think it was within our first year of dating, right? Yeah. And she was like, oh, that was my shoe. (laughs) In my my head, I'm like, that was clearly a fart. But I'll I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. Like, there's – I'm not going to argue with her. And then I think it was like this this last year, she's like, do you remember when when I said that it was my shoe? Yeah, that was actually a fart. And I was like, yeah, yeah, no shit. (laughs) (laughs) My my cousin – told me a story or told us a story when we were at dinner with her on her and her boyfriend who they have been together for almost five years now um, on their first, I think it was their first official date. It was either their first date or, or like it was still in the early stages, regardless of what date it was. It was very early on and they were eating sushi and apparently she like, she farted, but it wasn't like, it it like shook the walls apparently. Really? <laughs> yeah, like it just like it just snuck up <coughs> on her, and her boyfriend at the time just kind of looked at her and was trying to like hold back a laugh. He was like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> this was in a restaurant. It was in a restaurant. Did they get some dirty looks? I don't I don't know, but they got some dirty smells. I'll tell you that because it, apparently it was just like according to Jade, it was it was earthquake shattering, you know. Well, I I don't really have those, man. I I feel like I'm pretty pretty lucky um, that I don't have like loud, obnoxious farts. To this day, 21 years, I've never heard my dad fart once. So I I, I get it. He's just, he's just a stoic man, though. Dude, he does. I he doesn't like. I just I'm convinced it just he doesn't fart and air just comes out of his ears. I don't know. It, <laughs> <laughs> it's just the gas just comes out every other hole in little yeah little I don't I don't know he just maybe has like extra rank breath in the morning I don't know it's just it's That'd just bad if you had fart breath in the morning that yeah so foul. yeah so there's your would you rather would you rather have super loud farts or never fart but have fart breath in the morning super loud farts <laughs> yeah I think so because if you just do it enough people would be conditioned to be like oh well, that's just that's just Sam over there. You That's know? very true. But you like you can't roll over to your girlfriend in the morning and go hello. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking like you're in the middle of class. Like how loud are we talking? Like everyone in the every thirty kids can hear you, right? Like if you're in a room, everybody can hear it. Dude, I'd be so so good. So like during a test, you just yeah. let one rip. Yeah. Oh, ooh. I'd be like I'd be like, oh, the the marching band's here. I don't. <laughs> That's um, better than than shit breath though. Yeah, I would, I would say so. I would say so. Um, Why well, I, I was that was a fun little tangent. It was just a little thing that happened at the campus the, the this weekend, and I was like, oh, I wonder if Sam farts in front of Jenna. And she still 
wants to go to this school even though you ruined it for her? I know. Like, she had a great image and then, boom. Like, that's the smell she takes away from Chico. She's going to, like, get into that school, go, and she's going to walk around in that same spot. She's going to be like, I just can't. I just can't be here anymore. Yeah, it's PTSD. I don't (laughs) No more. No more. Oh, man. Well, yeah, so that was my weekend. (laughs) That was my weekend. It was a fun, fun little weekend up in Chico. The Airbnb that we stayed in was really nice. Um, She really liked the school, and uh, and she had a great time, and that was was the most important part. I had a great time as well, Uh, but obviously the goal was to get uh, her to see the school, and she really liked it. So it was a successful weekend. Um, so let's turn to the NFL and we have to turn to the NFL, uh, because Dom is not here with us today. We're filming on a Tuesday morning. We could do college Uh, football. I mean, we could do a little bit of college football. Should we like even like, I don't know. Should we give it a try without Dom? Well, this is, I think the biggest thing this weekend is, um, the, the big 10 coming back. That's very true. And we got to see Ohio State look as dominant as we thought. Um, that team that that Dom had at number four, that Penn State team, they didn't look so good. Are we sure he's the college football expert? I don't know. So where is – I'm looking at uh, – I'm trying to look for the scores. How Penn State – oh, yeah. Yeah, they lost to Indiana 35-36. Maybe he should give a little more respect to Oregon next time. Or- <laughs> Oregon? <laughs> So do, does Oregon play soon? Next week. Next week. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Big Ten. They're in the Big Ten, right? They're in the Pac-12. Oh, they're in the Pac-12. Dang it. That's right. I okay, get my yeah, conferences. We, we can't do a college football. Well, no. Listen. Listen. No. Look, I get. I get all my conferences totally backwards. Like I have the divisions in football on lock, the divisions in basketball, but the the conferences in college. There's. I just. I never got straight. Does it matter? Um, sort of looking at the scores. I'm trying to see if there was a gigantic upset this weekend. And Clemson beat Syracuse by a – they just bludgeoned them. Um, bludgeoned. Number, tw- number 24, Oklahoma beat TCU. Kansas Kansas State beat Kansas. Uh, they also got destroyed. It was 55-14. to 14. Ohio State, uh, like you mentioned, yeah, they looked uh, as dominant as ever. Um, Justin Fields was 20 for 21, 276 yards, two touchdowns. So talk about a welcome back for Ohio State. Um, yeah, so I'm looking at the games. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. I Notre Dame last week, didn't they have like – they barely – I think they scored like 10 points last – 12. Yeah. Yeah, they scored 12 points last week against uh, Louisville. And then they came back against Pittsburgh and hung up 45. Um, Ian Book was 16 for 30, 312 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. So that was a nice little bounce back game for Notre Dame. Alabama – Beat Tennessee, Michigan, beat Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't look like there were any like real upsets. And I know you mentioned the Indiana Penn State, but Indiana was seventeen and Penn State was eighteen. So uh, I think that's as of now, isn't it? Is it as of now? Because Penn State was top ten last week when we were looking. Mm. It could be as of now. If that is, if it is as of yeah, now, they were then number, Indiana moved. They were number eight. Yeah, then Indiana totally – then they jumped them. And now Indiana is now 17 and Penn State is now 18. So. Yeah, just 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 saying. Just saying, Dom, when you come back, Mr. Expert, put in – give some respect <laughs> to the Ducks. To the Ducks. <laughs> <laughs> quack, they're, quack. 
You know, speaking of Penn State, Ohio State plays Penn State next week. That looks like it's going to be the biggest matchup of the weekend. I that think could those be are... that could be a thing. So, Jason, we, you're kind of an athlete, right? I, okay. <laughs> you describe yourself as that, right? Yes. <laughs> so, say when you were playing basketball. I know this was a long time, but but when you were playing basketball, right? Put yourself in that situation. You got a big game one week. Say like you're playing in Wood Creek in two weeks, and then you play uh, Del Campo the week of, right? Mm-hmm. So you play Del Campo, then Antelope the next week. Are you not in your head kind of looking towards the Wood Creek game a little bit? For me personally, no. No, I, I, I never did. Um, I, you know, and I don't know why. Um, like, I, I never understood the the mentality of, of looking ahead. Like, you – it's one of those things that, like – like the Wood Creek, so I think the way that I always looked at it was It's a like, little different in basketball too than football. Yeah, it is yeah. it is a little different in basketball. Um because there is so many games. Well we um, we, we both played football. So say when we we have a big game against Consumers Oaks, right? And yeah. for people that aren't from the Roseville area, this conversation is going to sound like nothing. But the, <laughs> a big a big rivalry game against a school in our conference, right? So we, I think everyone had that Consumers Oaks game, like they knew that was going to be a big game, right? Yeah. And then we we were playing Del Campo the week before. Do you think there's a a little bit? There's obviously a possibility that you could that that team could be looking towards the Consumers Oaks game, right? Yeah. Um, and I guess the way that I always looked at it was that there's no reason to look ahead to the game until you get there because your guys's record or our record kind of determines how big the game actually is, unless you're looking at it just from a rivalry standpoint, because the way that I looked at it was, let's say, let's say we lost to consumeness, which we didn't, but let's say we did, we were still undefeated at that point. Well, the next week, I think we played Whitney and that Whitney game, it was two undefeated teams. But we played Antelope. It was, I, I mean, it was either Whitney or Antelope, but regardless, at that whoever we played at that point were we were both undefeated. So that game to me becomes bigger because we won the game last week or the week prior. So you know, if we lost two straight and then we're playing against Antelope, so let's say we were three and two, which we weren't, and then we started and then we went up against Antelope, who was five and zero. Oh, well, to me, that game's not as big from a positioning standpoint. Um, the game becomes that much more important when you're in that playoff hunt and you're in that tight um, record race um, with think, a team. Do you think the Ohio State game loomed a little large on Penn State's program leading up to this Indiana game? Because I mean, they're it could have. They're talking all offseason, which this offseason has been extremely long, right? So they're mm-hmm. coming in with probably that game circled. And there could be a little bit of they didn't take Indiana as seriously. I'm not saying – like, I'm not in that locker room. I'm just saying that's a possibility. It, it very much is a possibility. Um, I couldn't put myself in that situation because, again, I I was always focused on the game in front of me. 
um, because there was no reason for me to look at who I was going to be covering on defense next week when I have to worry about the guy that I'm covering this week. Um, right. But that's – I don't know. That's just – that was just me. But, I mean, I, I guess it is a possibility. You hear that all the time. Um, like, let's think about um, where's – let's think about, like, Alabama and Auburn. You know, like, that's always a big game. And I'm sure that it's one of those things. And maybe it's different for Alabama and Auburn because they always play each other. So maybe it's one of those things that, like, you don't even have to circle that game because you already know it's coming. You know what I mean? Each and every year. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if there's I wonder if there's a difference between, like, let's hypothetically say, like, I'm just going to use Sac State. Let's just say Sac State, for whatever, for whatever reason, was playing Alabama one year, right? Well, I'm sure that game, because it's so rare, becomes even more important, like just that much more important, as opposed to Auburn and Alabama playing each other because they play each other every year. I, I would say it's probably not as – I mean, but, wait, but again, I, I'm not did sure. Just, did you just say that Sac State, Alabama would be more important? No, no, no. I'm saying – to the like to the Sac State players. Yes, to the yeah, yeah. Because like, because like, versus Sac State playing one of their long traditioned rivals. Right. Like even even though Sac State has a long history with a certain rival, I'm sure that that Alabama game would be more important. Yeah. Than, you know, that long and rivalry. Game, it would show in the so performance unique. too, because I feel like Sac State would bring out probably the best. That would bring out the best of their players that's built-in motivation i just think the the reason i bring that up is because i feel like we're gonna get a different penn state against ohio state right i don't think we can take a lot away from an indiana loss um because i think they're gonna it's first off the first week and penn state loss not indiana loss. yeah yeah um so yeah i think i think this this upcoming ohio state penn state will be as advertised. Yeah, I would say so. Like let's just <clears throat> let's just hypothetically say like Alabama was playing Clemson in the regular season. I think the players would realize that that's a bigger game than Alabama Auburn. Mm-hmm. I don't that's know. That's different. That, it's it's just different, I feel like, cuz that rivalry yeah. is so is so much different. Like you hear it from Dom. Like yeah. he he hates Auburn more than anyone, and Auburn could be two and ten that year, and he'd still hate Auburn, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe using those schools isn't the be- best example. I I don't know. Yeah, but... yeah. I don't think so. Um, because it's but... the whole the whole community. Yeah, that Alabama Clemson game would be huge, but. I think the whole community just has different traditions and different feelings about rivalry weeks, right? Yeah. So it, you can just feel it in the atmosphere of a game. Right. Yeah, man, you're right. It's probably using those teams isn't isn't the best example, but let's move on to uh to some to some NFL. All right, let's let's recap the scores. Let's talk about who won the week. And then we can, I don't know, we can either uh, recap the games or do our picks first. But we'll start with Thursday's game, the Giants and the Eagles. The Eagles come back. Somebody has to win that division. 
Um, and why not the Eagles? But also, why not Washington? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Eagles beat the Giants twenty-two to twenty-one. Saints beat the Panthers <clears throat> twenty-seven to twenty-four. Then we go on to the Bills and the Jets, and the Bills barely, surprisingly, beat the Jets eighteen to ten. I don't say surprising because they win; I say surprising because they only won by eight points. The Browns beat the Bengals thirty-seven to thirty-four. Huge storyline coming out of that game. We'll get to that later. Washington throttled the Cowboys twenty-five to three. Andy Dalton goes down in that game, so if there was any hope for the Dallas Cowboys, it is gone now. The Packers beat the Texans thirty-five to twenty. Steelers beat the Titans and probably well actually I don't want to say the game of the week because the Seahawks and Cardinals game was really good but in terms of significance of records the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Tennessee Titans were both undefeated coming into this game goes down to the wire 27 to 24 Steelers win the Lions beat the Falcons 23 to 22 the Buccaneers beat the Raiders 45 to 20 that score is not as indicative as how close that game actually was. But, uh, yeah, the Raiders lost, so whatever. The Chiefs beat the Broncos. <laughs> the Chiefs beat the Broncos 43-16. to The Niners destroyed the Patriots 33-6. to The Chargers beat the Jaguars 39-29. to The Seahawks lose to the Cardinals in overtime 37-34. to What was one of the most ridiculous overtime games I think I have seen in recent memory. And then the Bears lose to the Rams 24 to 10. In terms of our pick, Sam destroyed me this Woo-hoo-hoo! week. <laughs> it was four to one. Because I had Cardinals, Washington. You had the Cardinals. Washington came through, bro. You had Washington, you had the Bucks, you had the Rams, and you had the Cardinals. Wow. I don't know why I picked the Bears, but oh well. That's okay. I was just I was riding the uh, I was riding the wave. I was riding the wave. So it is now four to three. Sam has the advantage. Wow, dude! I I, I won in picks. The Niners won. I won in fantasy somehow. Yeah. So. Woo! Oh, did you? Oh, that's right. You did win. It's only because Tyler Lockett <laughs> had fifty points. Yeah. That was ridiculous. You know, it's you know it's crazy. Jimmy G. If uh, if Hunter Henry wasn't on my team, who was my tight end and scored five points, Jimmy G would have been my lowest scoring player. Last that's week. just that's just rough. He had a good game, so we can we can talk about that really quick. It's it's gonna be you can't take a lot from the Niners Patriots game because I don't think that was the full strength of the Patriots. And obviously Cam Newton is something's going on because he looked awful. Nine for fifteen, ninety eight yards, three picks in the first half. He had like. 11 yards, two interceptions. It was ha- was having like a negative fantasy day. Yeah. It just looked it looked, it looked crazy. Uh defense defense played great. Uh I can't tell if that was the Patriots inability to move the ball or the Niners defense playing well, but I'll take a Niners that I'll take a, the Niners defense for that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh Jimmy Jimmy looked he looked the same as in the Rams game just wasn't getting just didn't get touchdowns. That's it. The run game was just so dominant that they couldn't they couldn't have gone away. Jeff Wilson, who unfortunately injured, he had a high ankle sprain. He's on the IR now, so they're down to uh, two two running backs now. Um, Which I'm thinking of picking up. Uh, Hasty, yeah, yeah, you should. 
Because Jarek McKinnon, I don't know what happened. He's in the doghouse or something because he only had like five snaps in this game. Yeah, he had three carries for negative one yards. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> Wilson was dominant. That The O-line was dominant in this game. Jimmy didn't get touched. Um, Debo looked great. He really set the tone. But unfortunately, he got injured and he might be going to IR. Um, Brandon Ayuk, first career 100-yard receiving game. Oh, there you go. Guy looked great. Um, he, it really looked like he was stepping into that that second, that number two position uh, two days ago. And then Kittle on National Tight End Day, you know, he he gets involved. It just, it was, the offense didn't need to do a lot because the defense played so well. Um, it was just happy that they put that game away. It was a pretty, pretty stressless day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, and I, if it, it, I don't think it was in question before, but I definitely don't think it's in, it's in question now. The NFC West is by far the best division in football, <clears throat> with the Seahawks, Cardinals, Rams all having five wins, and the uh, 49ers right at four wins. That division is insane. Yeah, it, it is, is especially insane. when you you could think that the Niners actually could have a better record than this if Garoppolo was healthy. Yeah. And I think, you know, the only other, other division with uh, three teams with five or more wins is the AFC North with the Steelers, Ravens, Browns, and Bengals. But I don't put much confidence into the Browns right now. Yeah, um, they've played. They played no one. Also, the, the, this is, this is kind of like the perfect um, formula because the NFC West got to play the NFC East which is by far the worst division. Yeah. <laughs> That's why those those records are so inflated. So, I have a question for you. Before Shoot. we get into before we get into the rest of the games, I um I heard a question or I heard a proposal, I should say, from um one of my favorite ESPN reporters way last week. And he w- was proposing the idea cuz he was talking about the NFC East. And he was saying that, you know, obviously somebody's going to have to win that division. So the idea that he suggested, and this was Greeny, he said that if, let's say the Eagles win that division at 7-9 and nine, right. or 6-10, or and 10, that assuming that the wild card that they have to play has a better record than them. They go on the road. That... Because, yes, because that division winner is below 500, their punishment for being, quote-unquote punishment, for being below 500 is they forfeit home field. And I was kind of behind that. No, I mean, we've had – but that's been that's been a thing forever. I mean, we've had uh, – when the Seahawks were 7-9 and nine and made the playoffs, the Saints came – but then I would also argue that it's been a problem for that entire time. Mm, I don't know if it's a problem. It just it doesn't feel right. But say like the Eagles win it at ten and six, and they play an eleven and five Saints. Right, but in that situation, is that, is that like should the Saints have home field at that point? No. So his he what he was saying, and maybe I didn't clarify this enough. It would only be if the division winner is below 500. Mm. But they so did. They, it, but they did enough to win their division. That's true. 
but they could you could get a situation where you have a six and ten Philadelphia team going up against a ten and six or eleven and five Green Bay team. But say so if they're six and ten, it should not matter. If you're really ten and if if Green Bay were to go into um, Philly, it should not matter the fact that they're six and ten. Yes, I guess it's home field, but I don't even does Philly even have fans right now? Oh no! Like, is home field even a thing this year? But it, but that's not that's not the idea though. It'd be for years going forward too. I think this is a special. We've never seen a division this bad. No, we have not. <laughs> like, someone could literally win at six and ten. Yeah, it, this is it's a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> or six nine and one. If you really if want I, to get technical, I'm looking at the Eagles' upcoming schedules. The upcoming schedule and. Their next in their next eight games, they have to play the Browns, the Seahawks, the Packers, the Saints, the Cardinals. Those are all losses. And then they also have to play, obviously, the Giants, the Cowboys, and the Eagle. Uh, no, wait, sorry, and Washington. Yeah. So <clears throat> they play. Yeah, they're so they go on a five-game stretch. So they play the Cowboys this week, and then they play the Giants. Which you would think would set them up for four and four. Yeah. You would think. But then they go on a five game stretch where they have the Browns, the Seahawks, the Packers, the Saints, the Cardinals, and then they get the Cowboys and Washington again. So I'm I'm gonna guess they're six, nine, and one by by the end of the season. I'd love to see it. <laughs> so like so I I mean to put this in so like if the Niners had to go to Philly, would I be mad? Um, no, because the Niners are awful at home. But <laughs> <laughs> but it's like they should still take care of business. Well, you would think, but it's also one of those. I don't know. I was I was sort of behind the idea only because he said it would only be if a team is below five hundred. So they. Generally speaking, it wouldn't happen very often, I would imagine. It would be sort of a rarity. It would have happened like three times in the, I think, the whole history of the NFL. At least the last yes. 20 years. It's... Yeah, it, it wouldn't happen very often. And I think because of that, I was that's what kind of sold me on it. Because I was like, well, you know, it doesn't happen very often. And I guess if you are his, a historically bad team, you shouldn't necessarily be rewarded with home field advantage playing against a team who potentially has four more wins than you. Um, like, I get it. You won your division. You did enough to win your division. So, yes, congratulations. But we saw playoffs, last but... year. The Eagles hosted Seattle, and they were 9-7, and seven, and Seattle was – were they 11-5 or 12 But that's different because they were above 500. But it's like – that's one – so if they were – flip-flopped to seven and nine is that really that big of a like the perception of that that's two games <laughs> but the perception is that seattle is still better than philly yes and they have a better record to show for it so why wouldn't we argue that they should have home field at that point because again it the criteria would only be if you were above 500 at, at the end of the season so it, it wouldn't it wouldn't matter if it was or at right at 500 yeah uh, so I, I don't know. It was food for thought, and I thought it was an interesting debate. I, um, 
And I, by the end of the argument, he had, he had persuaded me because on the sole fact that it wouldn't happen very often. So. Yeah. I think you just leave well enough alone. Yeah. And that, that, and it's one of those things where like, if they changed it, I'd be like, okay, yeah, sure. But if they don't, I'd be like, all right, fine. Then it just stays the same, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was an interesting, uh, interesting food for thought. Um, since you touched on the 49er game, I'll quickly touch on the Raider game. Uh, the Raiders, my dad, I think my dad said it well. The Raiders were lucky to be in this game as 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 much as they were towards the end of that game. I think it was a four-point game with seven minutes left. Um, and then all hell just broke loose. Um, and Tampa Bay just put up 21 points in the fourth quarter. Um, I knew... I knew Josh Jacobs wasn't going to have a good day because he was playing against the Buccaneers uh, defense and the Buccaneers defense against the run, I think is like number one in the league. They were either one or two in the league. Um, So I knew he wasn't going to have a good day. I was expecting that, um, especially when the Raiders are down uh, so much on the offensive line. (laughs) Um, Derek played well. He had one interception. Um, but I think it was tipped. I think his his interception was tipped. Uh, Nelson Aguilar looks like he's uh, turned out to be one of our best season, best off season accusations. Oh, for sure, accusations, acquisitions. Um, and uh, yeah, he had five receptions with 107 yards. He had a 21.4 average. And he had one touchdown. He has had a touchdown in the past three games. Um. And he he's just been he's turned into a deep threat for the Raiders, which was interesting. I, I I was I was not expecting him to have as big of an impact as he has so far. But with our rookie Edwards being out, um, Aguilar is getting an increased role, and he's taking full advantage of it. And I think even when Aguilar um, is, I don't think he's going to get a lesser role when Edwards comes back um, either. So it'll be interesting to see what the what they do with those two going forward. Um, but again, you know, I don't think there's really much to say about this game, uh, other than I had said from the beginning that if the Raiders came out of their first six games, three and three, then they were setting themselves up for, um, success for the rest of the season. Um, because as I'm looking at their schedule right now, so they, their next game is against the Browns, which is a big game. It's a very big game for both teams. But then they get the Chargers, the Broncos. They play the Chiefs again. But then they have a stretch where they play the Falcons, the Jets. They play the Colts, the Chargers, the Dolphins, and the Broncos. So they have very winnable games in front of them. Yeah. Um, so they, they needed to get out of the toughest part of their schedule, 3-3. Three and three. They did that. They got wins against teams that maybe uh, they shouldn't have. Well, not shouldn't have, quotation marks, because they actually do think the Raiders now – after getting a look, after getting a look at them for six weeks, I do think they're a good team. Um, uh, they're they're weird. It feels like they should be better than three and three. It does, but you also have to look at who they played too. Um, but they got wins against the Chiefs and Saints, who we thought we were going to be big, like <laughs> tough, tough uh, games. The worst and they loss ended up getting wins. Yeah, and the worst loss for them was the Patriots one. The Patriots one was really bad. Yeah. Um, the Bills one, they only lost by seven, and it was really, really close. 
Um, they beat the Chiefs, and this Bucks one again isn't the score isn't indicative for how close the game actually was. Um, but yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, it's I mean, I get what you're saying, but to me right now, I do think they're a good team. I don't. I wouldn't necessarily say that they're like a, a playoff contender, but they're certainly on the rise, and they're starting to to put the pieces together. Um, and and I think right now, after playing the the really tough part of their schedule, I can definitively say, okay, right now I think they're a good team. What's going to really solidify that for me is if they beat the teams that they're supposed to beat moving forward. It's it's weird because I feel like we've come in week in week out. And it praised the Raiders more. Like the Raiders week in and week out have looked better than the Niners, but the Niners have a slightly better record. Yeah. It just does. And the Browns have two more wins than the Raiders, but I feel like the Raiders are have played better this year than the Browns have. And I think we say that because the Browns haven't played anybody. And the they Raiders played the have played. Twice. Yeah. And the Raiders have now played in five weeks in a row potentially five playoff teams, maybe not the Patriots anymore. Maybe not the Patriots. But, uh, maybe not the Patriots anymore, but four playoff teams and came out of that two and two. That's the unlucky part because if they got, say, the Patriots after the Patriots' whole COVID spell, that game might have been different because they yeah. got like a full strength New England team when they were yeah, they rolling. Did. Yeah. So, again, I think they're a good team right now. What's going to make them a great team? is if they beat the teams that they're supposed to beat. And, you know, looking at the schedule, I, I think they should beat the Chargers. I don't know, I man. Think... The Chargers are coming, dude. The Chargers are playing really well, but I still think they should beat them. I think they should beat the Broncos also. I think they should beat the Falcons and the Jets and the Dolphins. The Browns are an interesting matchup. Colts, I think they... Colts are probably a little better than you right now. Probably. Um, they have a really good defense. The Browns the Browns are really interesting. Um, without Odell. Without Odell, yeah. Um, and then they play the Chiefs. And I think the Chiefs are going to see red when they see us again. So <laughs> I think you uh, lose at least one game to the Chargers. Uh, that's, that's fair. That's fair. That is fair. But I think they take both against the Broncos. I think they take the Falcons and the Jets one. And I would like to believe they take the Dolphins one. So, I don't you know, know. You, I, you might finish 8-8. Eight eight. That's, that's a potential. That's a potential. It's just tough. Um, you just had a really tough start of the year. Yeah. So, I, I definitely I definitely think that the Raiders are good. I don't, I'm not going to call them great. But I do think they are on the rise right now in terms of, um, like, next year and the year after. I think they're going to be a team to watch out for. Yeah. They they really just have to solidify their defense. Is that is that's the weak point for them? Is the Pittsburgh Steelers the best team in the NFL? Well, they're certainly the best team in the AFC. I would say, um, record wise or just like eye test playing wise. I'd probably say eye test. The only other team that I would throw in there, and that I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna because uh, I was saying last week that I put the Titans above the Steelers, and you and I both picked the Titans to yep. beat the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Um, so just because they lost to Pittsburgh, I'm not gonna say that the Titans are now. Oh, now they're like, you know, I would drop them out of my top five teams for power no, rankings. Not a, I would not a bad loss. No, not at all. Um, they played against a tough Pittsburgh Steelers team. 
Um, Steelers defense, we've been raving about it. I think this this whole season they they were giving Tannehill fits. Yeah, so I'm gonna look at the numbers right here. I mean, interesting to see Derrick Henry only rushed for 75 yards. They bottled him up, mm-hmm. um, which is almost impossible to do. <laughs> Um, Tannehill was 18 for 30, kind of a pedestrian game for him, 220 yards, two touchdowns, didn't have a pick. So that was good. But you go to the other side with Ben Roethlisberger who had three interceptions. Yeah, Ben, that's, that's why I ask. I don't think Pittsburgh's put themselves as the clear cut favorite in this AFC because there's still limitations on that team. There's still limitations on the team, yes, but as for for that team especially with Big Ben still, I mean, it's been six weeks, so he's gotten plenty of game experience. They're obviously going to get better as they go along, um, and Ben hasn't been a turnover machine this year. Um, that was sort of like... Hasn't he the last couple of weeks? Hasn't he had two interceptions in the last couple of games? Um, so we looked. I looked at the Browns' stats. He didn't have an interception against the Browns. The Eagles, for whatever reason, that game doesn't have any stats. Um, so you go to the week before that when they played Houston, he didn't have any picks there. Yeah. Um, so I think, and this is just me, I think because their defense is so dominant that you could probably put them in the best team in the AFC. The, Offensive-wise, No. The Chiefs are still the Chiefs would still be the number one team, um, but I think it'd be it'd be interesting. I wonder I wonder what the the line would be if the Steelers played the Chiefs right now, because I, I wonder I wonder what would what would be the storyline of the game. The the Chiefs were able to break through and they beat Pittsburgh's defense, or Pittsburgh's defense is you know, the greatest thing since sliced bread, and then they bottle up Patrick Mahomes. Because I think, honestly, that's what it comes down to. I think it comes down to the Steelers and the Chiefs right now, and don't throw out the Titans just yet. Um, But uh, at that point, it would just be what would you – what do you have more confidence in, I think, the Chiefs' offense or the Steelers' defense? Don't forget about them Ravens. Yeah, don't forget about them either. Uh, and the Bills are still right at five and two. And so. okay, um, Green Bay gets a huge bounce back win against Houston. They looked right back to form coming off that yeah. Tampa Bay loss. Thank you, Jamal Williams, by the way, for your fantasy contributions. <laughs> Washington dominated Dallas. Dallas looks like a JV team out there. Dallas sucks. Like it's just it's. Like there's there's no way so around did it. Did you see that um, that hit on Andy Dalton? I did. It was vicious. I don't remember the player that did it, but did you see a no? Like there wasn't a fight caused after. No. If you see your quarterback, the pillar of your team. I know he's not. If their it was friend, Dak, I know it's not their franchise quarterback, but still, they're going through practice and they gotta at least show a little bit of confidence in him through the week, right? And. That happens, and no one goes to confront the defensive player. No one on Dallas's side. Like if you're mm. the if you're Andy Dalton sitting there, first off, you probably don't know where you are. But <laughs> but if you do, oh my god, it was so bad. <laughs> and you see that no one is talking to that dude. What are you thinking at that point? 
I don't know. I, I just, I start to look at what if, what if that was Dak? Like, do, do you, do you have any belief that if Dak Prescott was the one to take that hit, that there wouldn't be a million people right over by his side? I don't know. I just don't feel, cause I don't see that from Amari. Right. I, he doesn't mm-hmm. seem like the kind of guy that would like no one on that offense. I feel like, cause I don't see that from Zeke either. Yeah. It just feels like the soul of this team is just gone. Yeah, it. It. I don't. I don't know. But the, like that hit, that player got ejected too. I believe. I don't know who. I don't remember who was the one who put the hit on him. Uh, but he got ejected. That was a vicious hit. Yeah, they're going to be showing that in uh, refing how to ref clinics. Of that is a bad. Is it? Is what we're trying to get rid of in the game. That was the play. That was yeah. That's exact. You're exactly right. That's the hits that they're trying to eliminate in the game. And for those of you who didn't see it, it was the most blatant helmet to helmet contact that you could see on a defenseless uh, runner Who's at that flighty. point. A runner who had yeah, who who gave himself up. Andy Dalton gave himself up and just got drilled in the helmet. Um, it was it was really bad. And when he hit the ground. You notice how, like, when players are kind of falling, they sort of brace themselves a little bit? Yeah. He didn't brace himself at all. Well, he was out. Yeah, he hit the ground and was just laying there like he was asleep, because he was. <laughs> um, it was it was scary. It was a scary hit. Um, so, I mean, obviously, we hope Andy Dalton is feeling much better today. Luckily, he, he did um... – get help held up that like helped off the the field so he was able to walk yeah which is good that that means that eliminates the neck any potential neck injury hopefully mm-hmm. which is a good sign speaking of speaking of injuries odell beckham jr tore his acl and is out for the season so the browns are now without their number one wide receiver and i was hearing arguments being made that baker mayfield is actually better without odell on the field, I believe his QBR, if I remember correctly, these numbers might be like a slight bit off, but I believe the numbers that I heard were his QBR is like 73 when Odell's on the field and 96 when he's off. And then his completion percentage is like 53 when he's on the field and then like 73 when he's off the field. So people are making the argument that they're, he, they're actually going to be better off without Odell. I believe Baker was 23 for 20 – I mean, 22 for 23 for five touchdowns as soon as Odell left. Really? Yeah, in this game. Hmm. So there's the argument that uh, – the argument that people are making is that, you know, Baker's not going to be staring down Odell anymore and it's just going to open up everything for everybody else. And there's been, that's all I've heard this morning about this game is that oh yeah don't worry don't necessarily worry about Baker because you know numbers wise he's actually better without Odell on the field and I think that's I think there's some credence to that but you also got to take into account that and this was the same thing I was saying about Henry Ruggs when people were saying or when I had heard that you know Henry Ruggs wasn't contributing to the game uh, the first couple of weeks well no because Henry Ruggs does so much um, in terms of taking attention away from everybody else. Because if you send rugs down the field, 
he was getting double teamed. Like, for example, he was getting double teamed uh, with Tampa when he was running down the field. Odell does – he draws that kind of attention, which opens up stuff for everybody else. So now you take away Odell, you don't have to focus on that receiver, and now you can, you know, give more attention to Jarvis Landry. Right. So now Jarvis is going to get double teamed. And then you're going to have people like – you know, Rashad Higgins and Harrison Bryant. And those are going to be your one. Your, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So those are going to, those are going to be your two and threes because now Jarvis is going to get double teamed. So, you know, I understand the argument about a Baker being better, but is the team better? I don't know. I don't, I feel like the fact that Baker has played, has had better stats without Odell is just shows how Cleveland's inability to properly utilize Odell's talents more than anything. Mm-hmm. Because we saw in the Dallas game how effective he was when he was so enthralled in the offense. Like those plays were designed for him and they were gadget plays, but they were there to utilize his speed and his playmaking ability. And that, yeah, they put up almost 50 points with that as their offense. Yeah. And I feel like they've never really tried to utilize Odell's talents in Cleveland. Right. So I don't know how big of an impact it is because Odell from week to week isn't a consistent force, but he is, he's definitely, he has to demand attention from opposing defenses. You're totally right. Um, but yeah, I just, I just don't know. And um, does Cleveland's, schedule allow them to get away with some wins even though they're not fully at 100 percent, probably so they they have the raiders uh which Easy will, i think is okay that <laughs> um they play the texans eagles jaguars titans ravens giants jets steelers there's not a lot there's there might be five wins in that in that schedule. there's some there's some room for them there is some room they eat, they should easily beat the Giants, I would imagine. They should easily beat the Jets. Right. I don't see any reason why they wouldn't beat the Jaguars. I don't see any – well, the Eagles are weird. Like, um, They should beat the Eagles. They should beat the Eagles. They, they really should, but, you know, the 49ers should have beaten the Eagles. So, well, uh, <laughs> one is their starting number one overall pick, and the other had Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard. So don't, don't give uh, me yeah, shoulda, woulda, coulda <laughs> on that. Ah, uh, yeah, whatever. Um, and then the Texans. The Texans game is interesting because I think the Texans are a little bit better than their record. The Texans might be the best one in sixteen we've ever had in NFL history. That's very true. The fact that, <laughs> that the is... Eagles have had have more wins than the Eagles, Washington, Dallas, they all have more wins than the Texans. But I'd take the Texans over all those teams. Yeah. Like you look at the, I mean, we mentioned it last week, but the Texans have played the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Vikings. They beat the Jaguars, which they should have. Then they played the Titans and the Packers. There is no break in that schedule. No, there's not. And then the rest of their schedule, it lightens up a little bit. But they play the Jaguars, which I'm assuming they're going to beat. They play the Browns. Then they play the Patriots, Lions, Colts, Bears, Colts, Bengals, Titans. Just, but still, like that's not the easiest schedule ever, and certainly the 
back half of their schedule is definitely the hardest one that any team has had to um, play thus far this season. They're in a tough division, too. That's a pretty good – the AFC South, that's a pretty good division with Colts, Houston, and uh, Titans. Yeah, that's that's another really good division. Um, Are the Cardinals better you, than Seattle? I was I was about to ask that. Um, well, Russell Wilson threw three interceptions. He was uncharacteristically bad. Yeah, which game. was yeah, which was something. Yeah, again, you said it, uncharacteristic of him. But Kyler's so, kind of throwing it away too. Kyler had one interception. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the Cardinals are – I don't know if that game was a product of the Cardinals being better than Seattle or Russell Wilson just making uncharacteristic mistakes. It's what it is. Seattle requires Russell Wilson to be perfect in huge games because their defense is not good. Can we yeah. say that? Yeah, yeah, no, their defense is not no. So, and like you look at the they've given up they've given up 25, 30, 31, 23, 26, 34. Right. I mean 37. Right. That offense has to be clicking. They have to score 30 and above each they, and every yeah. game. That's a lot to ask from an offense and Russell was due to have an off game and he had one and they only lost by 3 in overtime. Could, could yeah. they have lost by more? Maybe. They could have won as well. They were up three with a minute left. Yeah, and let's not – like, if, for those of you who didn't watch the game, the overtime uh, portion of this game gave Seattle plenty, plenty of chances to win. Um, it went into overtime. Arizona drove down – or give me one second – because I'm trying to recall this game because it was so back and forth. Um, so, it, first of all, there was a field goal that put the game into overtime. Right. Okay. So, we're in overtime. And I believe Arizona got the ball first. Arizona got the ball first. They drove down. And was it the timeout? Was it the timeout situation? I think it was the timeout situation. Yeah, with the first uh, with the first field goal. Um, it was the, the delay game when they got pushed back. Yeah, well, no, there was a there was a timeout incident, um, and my apologies for trying to recall this game, but the when it ended up happening was Arizona had a chance to kick a field goal at uh, in overtime, they missed it. Mm-hmm. And actually what ended up happening was the field goal team didn't get out there in time. And then they had to call it. Arizona had to call a timeout. But it was one of those, like, it looked like Seattle had iced the kicker because Arizona kicked kicked the extra – I mean, kicked the field goal, made it, but it didn't count because they had called the timeout. So they did it again, and they missed. And Seattle got the ball back, and then Arizona got the ball back, and then they drove down, and then they uh, – Kicked the field goal and then rushed through an interception mm-hmm. in overtime. It was just – it was one of the most great – it was just an insane well, and overtime the, uh, game. the DK touchdown but not a touchdown. Yeah. That happened as well because there was a holding call. Yeah. It was just, It was very up and down game. Emotions. 
Yeah, and what do you take away from the Bears and Rams game? Um, the Bears are who we thought they were, and the Rams are a good team. I I think. Yeah, really, I agree. It was just it just solidified what we thought about. I feel like both teams, what everyone thought about. I agree, and it's not like the Bears are going to get a break. So they play the Saints, and then they play the Titans. Play the Vikings after that, which will be a tough divisional game, but then they have the Packers. Mm-hmm. So they have a four-week stretch where it's going to be like, okay, Bears, if you are worthy, quotation marks, which is such a dumb thing to say because you have to beat the teams that are in front of you, but if you really are going to be a playoff contending team, then you have to at least show up in these games or win these games. So the Saints game, I think, is more winnable than the Titans game. Whoa, Really? Uh, yeah, no. I'd say okay. so. I'd say so. Um, and the fact that you're saying that lends to my point of these are just going to be two back-to-back really tough weeks for the Bears. Um, I think they could, they could, uh, they could definitely beat Houston for sure. No I, I think they can. Their defense can can carry them to that win. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Orleans is a little different. I don't. New Orleans is weird. They're four and two. Oh shoot! Did I say Houston? I'm sorry. I meant Tennessee. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, it's the Saints and then the Titans. I'm sorry. They play the Texans in December. Yo, never mind them. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. Screwed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My bad. My bad. Um, yeah, I was looking at the, the yeah. They play the Texans on December 13th. But yeah, so they have the Saints then the Titans. Jason. Yeah. How how sad are you that you now have to contend with Justin Herbert in your division for the next probably 10 years? You know, it's just it's the luck of the draw, I guess. I don't know. So, like, when Patrick Mahomes retires, you still don't get a break because there's Justin Herbert. Yep. That dude is I, legit. I 27 for 43, 347 yards, three touchdowns, gave me 35 points on fantasy. <laughs> I gotta say. Oh, you, you picked him up in your other league? And yeah, in my fitness MD league, and he went off for me. Like I assuming, like I assumed he was going to. <laughs> if that team could figure out their special teams, they might make a run for the playoffs. They have obviously they have a obviously they have a very similar schedule to the Raiders coming up. So as much as I'm saying that the Raiders have a chance to win these games, the Chargers also have a chance to win these games too. Um, you know, you look at you're going to look at this division in maybe a couple weeks, and you may have three teams that are, you may have two teams that are right at 500 or above 500, and then the Chiefs, um, who are going to be ahead of both of them. Right. Um, so, and what's going to be interesting is if one of if the Raiders or the Chargers who ends up with the better record at the end of the season, and if that record is going to be viable enough for a wild card spot, they might just both um, take each other out of contention. They might, they might, because now we're looking, we're looking at the Dolphins have sort of played their way into that conversation, but we don't know what two is going to be. And are the Patriots going to bounce back? Maybe not sure. So you have questions there. The Steelers and the Ravens, I'm assuming are going to be in there, but then you have the Browns who, if they continue to win, might take it. So now you look, yeah, now you're looking at the Colts. So are the Raiders going to have a better record? 
Are the Raiders or Chargers going to have a better record than the Browns or the Colts? So right now it's Ravens, Browns, Colts in front of the Raiders right now? Yeah. That's tough, dude. It is. It's a tough slate. Because don't the Colts have the easiest schedule to finish off? They have one of the easiest schedules, yeah. Well, it doesn't surprise me. So, I, I mean, it'd be, it'd be tough for either one of those teams to play their way in in the playoffs. Is it doable? Sure. But is it going to be hard? Very, very much so. Very much so. Very much so. Very much so. So, um, picks? Yeah. Let's do it. I think it picks. Let's do it. All right, week eight. Let's go. Falcons, Panthers. Panthers are at home. Give me the, uh, give me the Panthers because the Falcons always seem to find a, way, a new way to lose. We didn't even get to talk about that, but. I know. They reinvent the wheel. <laughs> they reinvent the wheel each week. Um, yeah, I'll take the Panthers too because the Falcons haven't proven that they can win. Uh, I'll take the Packers over the Vikings. Yep. I'll take the Titans on the road against the Bengals. Yeah. Give me the Chiefs over the Jets. Yeah. And as much as I want to pick Detroit, uh, I'll pick Indianapolis mm-hmm. over Detroit. Um, if we have to flip at the end, I'll flip on that one. Yeah, I'll stay with Colts. Um, so then we got the Steelers and the Ravens. The Ravens, oh, God, that's it, the 10 a.m. game. I think the Ravens got uh, that one. Oh, my God. Um. Have they played each other yet? I don't think they have. No. Um, man. Man, man, man. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Dude, the Sunday night game is Cowboys-Eagles. It's gross. And they have the Niners-Seahawks and the Patriots-Bills and the Steelers-Ravens. Yeah. yeah, they should flex one of those games. I'll take the Steelers just to be – just to be different. Just and, to be different. Um, I'll take the Rams over the Dolphins. That's two a time, by the way, for anybody who is interested in uh, how he's going to play. After we saw what the Rams did to Chicago, I, that's a tough game to start off your career with. Yeah. Um, so I'll take the Bills over the Patriots. Yeah. I would take the Patriots, mean- but they just haven't looked good the last couple of weeks. Their offense looks really inept. Um, I'll take the Raiders over the Browns. I'll take the Browns. Damn it. Sadly. Damn it. The Raiders are on the road, too. Um, which maybe doesn't mean much right now. Uh, I'll take the Chargers over the Broncos. Yeah. The weather's going to play a huge factor in the Bears-Saints game. Um, I'll still take the Saints. I'll take the Bears. But the weather's going to be huge, and I don't feel super confident in that pick, only because it's not in New Orleans. I think think the Bears, they've gotten so much slack, like so much from this, this last Monday night game that I think they'll bounce back. Yeah, it'll be. I don't know. I mean, and the they Saints beat the Bucks, and the... they are not as good as their record would indicate. I would say I agree with you. Um, yeah, I'll still take him. Uh, Seahawks and the Forty ers I'll take the Sea Chickens. Really? 
yeah, I'm going to ride with Russ until he gives me – I'm going to really ride with him until they give me a reason not to. That Arizona loss isn't a super bad loss. No. I'm assuming you're going to take the Niners. Oh, so. Just write it down, bro. Um, Eagles and the Cowboys take the Eagles. Yeah. And then I'll take the Bucks over the Giants. Yeah. So we're All right, so four. we're at four. I could flip to the Lions. I wouldn't feel great about it, but I could. Mm-hmm. Um, do I want to take the Falcons? <laughs> no, <laughs> not against, not, I would, no, 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 no. no. So what are, who have the, who have the Lions played? They've beaten, they beat the Cardinals, they beat the Falcons, Cardinals, and like, Minnesota probably or something like that. The only thing that the only thing that's giving me pause is that the Colts defense is really good. Um and the Colts are coming off of a bye. <laughs> so they're gonna be all rested and healthy. I don't think there's another viable game to flip on, so just for the sake of it, I think I'm gonna have to. Um so I'll take the Lions then. Oh god. Matthew Stafford, please. <laughs> please. Philip Rivers, throw five picks, please. <laughs> please, please, please. I'll tell you what. Kenny Galladay on fantasy is a sneaky um, great option. What about uh, your boy TJ Hawkinson? He also he's got a, a great option. And, like, no yards in <laughs> every week. <laughs> Kenny Galladay is, like, averaging, like, 15 to 17 points a game consistently. Like, it's never – and I knock on hardwood right now. Um, but it was, yeah, he, I, when I saw him available on, I had him last year too. And I was like, Oh, he's still here. I might as well just take him. Um, and he's been playing really well. Speaking of, um, wide receivers, just, uh, one hour ago, the Baltimore Ravens are signing Des Bryant to their practice squad. Yeah. That's not that big. I, want, I feel like that's, Oh, what about the AB? He's back, Jason, your favorite player. Favorite Raider. Oh, yeah. Three. Woo. Love it. He was not a Raider. <laughs> silver. He just wore the silver and black so well. He was a practice squad player at most. At most. He got invited to training camp. Yeah. Do you think he makes, it was a guest do appearance. Do you think he makes an impact on that Tampa Bay team? I don't know. There's so many weapons, you know. I wonder if he's going to get lost. Tampa would probably be one of the teams last on the list, I would have thought, needed AB. Well, let's think about it. Mike Evans, number injured. one. Lil injured. But still only had two two receptions. Because I think he's injured. I think he's, I think he's dealing with something. He, he might be. Godwin just came back. Godwin just came back, had nine receptions, 88 yards, one touchdown. And, of course, Leonard Fournette, I must say, decided to come back the day the game that they were playing against the Raiders. So that was just awesome. Well, yeah. What do you expect? Uh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so now they're going to be running around with – by the way, Scott Miller. I don't know who the hell Scott Miller he's is. He's Julian Edelman slash Wes but Welker slash Daniel my Daniel God, Mello. he's so fast. Is that he's so fast. White dude. They were just sending him down the field. Like he, one of the comment, one of the announcers made the uh, point that like, dude, he's just been running streaks every single play. It was like a track meet for that guy. 
So Scott Miller had six receptions, 109 yards, one touchdown. Wonder what his impact is going to be like going forward. They have Godwin. Gronkowski looks like he's finally back oh, in the real football shape. He's such a red shape. zone target now. Now that yeah. they said hush hush, everyone, we're going to get Gronk involved. Oh, he's yeah. a monster in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette is back. Mike Evans is still playing, although he might be injured, like Sam said. And then well, Ronald Jones is still there, and he's been super effective the last yeah. few weeks. So I don't know why just... they made this. There's so much. There's so much. I feel like it might be just a distraction. It very well could be. But I mean, like I. They don't need him. That's the thing. They, they, they clearly don't need him. So I was, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, again, I don't know why. I don't know why they decided to sign him. I'm trying to think of a team that could could use him right now. You know, um, Washington or uh, Seattle really wanted him. You know who could use him right now? Actually, ironically, is the Browns. <laughs> Ooh, that would have been per- that would have been match made in heaven. Yeah, but now obviously they couldn't foresee Odell getting hurt. But um, team like who who else could have used him? Niners. Niners could have used him. Yeah, Seattle was looking at him. Um, um, Eagles. I don't know why the Eagles didn't pull to try to get Eagles. Him. Yeah, maybe the Packers. Maybe. Because all they really, I mean, they have Devontae Adams, and that's, I mean, they have Scantling too, but still, like, Scantling had, didn't get any receptions. Lazard's not bad. Lazard is not a bad option. But the Raiders probably could have used him. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Raiders are fine. <laughs> the Ravens, actually. The Ravens, I don't yeah, know the Ravens could have used him. This, is, this, is, this feels like if the Chiefs were to sign. AB. It's like, yeah, that's a, that's great, but like, what is he like? He's gonna get two catches because of the sheer yeah. volume of everyone else. Yeah. And the only thing, and maybe maybe they signed him just because Tom Brady had a little bit of chemistry with him in New England when he was there for a few games. Maybe. Right. That could have been the motivation behind it. Maybe Brady was in the front office's ears like, yeah, hey, like, go get him. Um, I promise you he's going to work out well with us here. I was, he was playing really well for us in New England. If he's available, let's just go get him so somebody else doesn't have him. Right. Um, but if Brown's not getting his targets, is he going to be mad? Is he going to be turned into what he's been before? I, I don't know. I haven't, we, haven't, we haven't heard him speak out. Maybe he's, maybe he's humbled. A humbled Antonio Brown would be a dangerous thing, man. It would be. A dude with that much talent and he's actually not a head case? Yeah. Might be a Hall of Famer. It could be. Could be. Um, so before we get to the conclusion of the show, I say we've got about 15 minutes left before we hit our hour and a half mark. You want to talk about the World Series and that crazy game six that we saw? I mean, game five? Yeah, did you did you watch it? You watched it. I did. Probably, I've been watching. I have been watching through it, Jason. Um, 
actually it was game four that was the crazy yeah, one. They just um, played game five. Was yeah, third. game five was four to two. Yeah, on Sunday. Yeah, it was four to two. That was when that was when the Dodgers put up three runs in the first two innings, and it was like, oh god. <laughs> and then after that, they kind of tampered off. Um. That game, that game four was one of the uh, one of the most exciting baseball games I had ever watched. Um, it was, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you could take me through a little bit more of the thought process there, but um, the throw to home, and just for me, you see catchers who will like plant themselves on home plate and just sit there, so that way, like the runner has like nowhere else to go almost, but through them. Right. So in my mind, I'm sitting there and I'm, and I'm going, well, I don't know why the catcher's not sitting on home plate. He tries to catch, he tries to catch the throw and then just kind of swing tag uh, the plate behind him. But, but I think that's because I think they had a rule change because they tried to, they're trying to eliminate, they've tried to eliminate the uh, collisions at home plate. Like when a runner just trucks a catcher, they tried to completely mm-hmm. eliminate that. So I think you're not allowed to uh, cover home plate as a catcher. Mm. I think that's the, the big thing that you're seeing there. Yeah. I don't know, but just, just, a, it's, I was sitting there and I was watching it and it was like, okay, here comes, here comes a, <laughs> the tying run. And then you sort of look at the camera and you see the, the winning run coming. And I don't know who it was, but trips and falls. Um, and then stumbles, and then the catcher just sw- tries to swing tag home plate. Right. Ball goes flying back, and then whoever was running, he had it looked like he had turned to run back to third. Yeah. And then it was like, oh yeah, no, so forget it. And then immediately saw the ball fly. I was like, oh god. Yeah. So if the catcher <laughs> catches that cleanly, they're getting him in a uh, in a rundown. Because yeah. was, was it Will? Is Will Smith? Is he the catcher? Um, for the Dodgers, I don't know. I think I think that's what it I think that's who it yeah. is. I think that's what yeah, Will Smith. Yeah. And a poor throw by um the cutoff man. I can't remember who it was. I can't remember if it was the pitcher or the first baseman, but I thought it was coming from left field. Or was it coming from right field? Was it Betts? Because if it was coming from right field then it was Betts, but I don't but I think it was Betts. It, got, it, it got cut off. Mm-hmm. I thought it was straight home. But it's just it's it's very evident the holes in the Dodgers bullpen in this series. Yeah. If they had a sure bullpen, this series might've been over. Well, that's what the game tonight is, right? Isn't it going to be a bullpen game for the Dodgers? Yeah. Cause they're trying to go with their ace on game seven, if possible. Mm-hmm. Which is that going to be Bueller? I think so. Cause Kershaw is not going to pitch anymore. Bueller. Good for Kershaw, man. Two wins. Yeah. In the World Series gets rid of those demons. Yeah, I mean, what a confidence boost that probably is for him. Just kind of a monkey off his back, too. Yeah. Um, what do you so give me give me your analysis of the series so far because we hadn't we hadn't really got a chance to talk about it since our podcast. I think the Dodgers have been clearing away the better team in this series. Uh, it's easy to say when they're 3-2 three, three, up, but they really should have the Dodgers are letting the Rays back into the series is what it feels like, mm-hmm. which is what it should have been with all the names that the Dodgers have at their disposal. Um, the Rays have played 
unbelievable to stay in it this far because they have to, the the level of difficulty that these these raised pitchers have had to maneuver in this Dodger lineup is crazy. Um, and if the games are close, it just it just seems like the Rays aren't afraid to take chances like that. Sending the base runner in that fi- in that game for the the winning run. That, that might be a little bit of a controversial call to send that base runner to try to get that winning run when you could just hold them for on a third to try to get the win in the next at bat. But I mean, they're just taking chances. They're they have nothing to lose now. That's all it no. is. Give me your give me your prediction for the rest of the series. You think we're gonna get a game seven? I'd love to see a game seven. I love I'd love to see the Rays bounce back, um, and really just. Because they really haven't had, I feel like, a going away win where they just show, like, hey, we're, we're a team that deserves to be here, right? It just seems like most of their their like their like two wins, it feels like, have come against Dodger mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. So it would be cool to see um, them just overwhelmingly play well, and then we get a Game 7, and anything can happen in a Game 7. Yeah, I for somebody who's not a, a baseball enthusiast and who is just sitting back and enjoying the series, I would love nothing more than to see a game seven. Um, it would be so much fun. I, I a game seven in the World Series is one of the best uh, sporting events for sure, yeah. um, in my opinion. So, well, by the by, our next podcast, uh, the World Series will be over, and we will have your twenty twenty one, our twenty 2020, twenty 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 one. You know, actually, no, it, the season didn't. It's, yeah, sorry, just 2020. Just 2020. Honestly, just 2020 because it was a shortened season. So, yeah. Um, Do you think the season is a success for baseball? With all things considered, with all the dramas that we had before the season started? I'd say the fact that they were able to get the season played and they were able to get to the playoffs and they were able to finish the playoffs, I think, in and of itself. Uh, was a success. I think they're going to look back at the beginning of the season and go, well, why weren't we able to come to a conclusion quicker? Um, Had we had done that, we may have gotten more games. Um, But I think just the fact that they were able to get it done, I would say, uh, is is a success. Yeah, I think that's definitely um, very positive. Without without really a hitch. I mean, they had the – early in the year, they had the big Marlins – blow up with covid but um they've had pretty much these like these bubbles for the postseason so um it's it's definitely interesting yeah i i would i would chalk it up to an absolute success now that they're getting to the end of it and it worked for sure for sure so all right well i think that'll do it for us today on episode 65 of nothing to say the fans podcast Sam, you got any words of wisdom for our audience as they're as we're leaving? Uh, just watch, just watch Jimmy G this Sunday carve apart the Seattle Seahawks and prove all the haters wrong. That would be advice I would tell you uh, not to follow as an audience. So. If you're a betting man, bet all your money on uh, San Francisco straight up. Yikes! <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> I'm going to take the under. (laughs) So so thank you all so much for listening. Uh, We will see you.